though I'm from England, living in Wales. I was born in the south of England during the Second World War. I had loving parents, but they were not Christians. I never went to church at all as, as a child or even a teenager. I did go to Sunday school because every child in those days was sent out on Sunday uh, to get them out of the way while mum and dad had to sleep in the afternoon. As I grew up, I began to wonder if God was real, but I didn't really expect to know God. I just thought we could learn something about him with my head. And so, just as I'd learned at university to study subjects, so I studied not Christianity, but the Bible itself, and, and wanted to know more, but didn't believe that it actually would lead anywhere. And as time went by, I went to church a bit, because I was interested, and what I really wanted was to have a husband and children. I had a career, I was a teacher, but I wanted a family, and that was my main ambition in life. And so as, as time went by, we had four children, and it was only as they were beginning to come to their teenage years that I realised that the world wasn't the sort of place it had been when I grew up, and they weren't necessarily going to have good standards or, or, or good, a good way of living. And so I wanted them to know Christianity because at least it was ethical and it would give them a decent life. And so I took them to church. And thinking I was a Christian because I was a baptised uh, member of the Church of England, I assumed that I was a Christian and I, and I didn't know that you could know God as a personal God. And so when the children went to church, they went into their Sunday school, I stayed in church and of course I heard the gospel because what I went to was a Pentecostal church. And I heard the gospel and I heard about the Holy Spirit and I heard how God loved me and then I learned I realised that the people around me knew God. They weren't just um, doing something because it was a good idea, but they actually knew God and they followed him and listened to him. And then one day, as, as the pastor was preaching, I began to realise that I could know God too. At the place where I was, there was a Bible college, and we used to have a tent up every year at the Bible college and have um, meetings there and it was in one of those meetings that I first went forward and asked Jesus into my life and I know that he came into my life it was dramatic and absolute for me it wasn't dramatic visibly but it was dramatic in the sense that I've never looked back I've never thought it wasn't true I've always known that I could know God that he's a real God and that I could I would therefore live for him because that's what I wanted to do as the years went by, I did whatever came in the church, and as I was over 40, it never occurred to me that I could do anything else other than just be a woman of the church. And so I did the cleaning, and I did the, the coffees and teas, and I, I talked to other women, and ultimately I was asked to do a women's group. And so I set up a women's group. It was very successful. We had lots of people come, and we had speakers each month. And then I began to link up with other women in other churches, I was in the Assemblies of God, and so I linked up with other Assemblies of God's churches across the southeast of England. And I met the women leaders from there, sometimes pastors, but mostly the leaders of the women's work. And in meeting them, I began to see that there was a lot going on across the country. We'd lived fairly isolated where I was, not knowing other churches very much. And so um, I was then asked if I would consider running a conference for the women in the southeast because I had stayed at a hotel before, which is unbelievable, most of them hadn't. 
And so I said, well, yes, I will. And I ran a conference for about 30 or 40, maybe 50 people. And because I didn't know anybody much, the only person I actually had heard of was a woman who was in charge of the women's ministries for the Assemblies of God. So I invited her to be our speaker. And she came, and we got on very well. Uh, she's just the sort of person that is easy to get on with. And I really liked her. And we had a fantastic conference, and the women were very blessed. And then we all went home. And I continued with the work that I was doing until one day there was a phone call from this woman leader. And she asked me if I would consider going on the women's ministry team for Great Britain. And that was just for women. And would I be the treasurer? Because I was treasurer for the South East. And so I agreed to do it, knowing that God, that's what God wanted me to do. When, he, when I came to know him, he spoke to me uh, as someone who would speak to the nations. And although it didn't seem to be happening 15 years later, I still had it in the back of my mind. Well, now I was going at national level, and I was certainly speaking to the nation, traveling around to different meetings across the country. And then one year, um, and I was on that team for quite a few years, one year we invited an American woman evangelist to come over and do the speaking for us at the main meetings across the country. And when she came, I got on with her as well, but particularly she stayed with me, getting off the plane near to where I lived, and then I drove at all the meetings. So of course we talked for hours in the car. And I could see what she was a, an Assemblies of God Women Minister, uh, and way, very knowledgeable and experienced. And I was really happy to be with her. And then she asked me if I would be her administrator. And so I became administrator, arranging not things in our own country, but across the world. And so the world was beginning to be part of my um, Christian life. And I went, I arranged missions in Uganda, in the Philippines, in India, and various places within those countries. And she taught me how to be an evangelist. She taught me um, what to do and how to do it. And, and often local churches don't really help us to be evangelists because they don't always teach us what to do. And I didn't really have much idea, but when I read the scriptures, I saw that in the Bible, at the end of all the Gospels, just before, uh, and in early Acts, just before Jesus rises, from, uh, ascends into heaven, he talks to them about how they should share their faith. And it became very clear to me that that's what we should be doing, and that was what I would be doing when I spoke to other part people in other parts of the world. I was... That what had happened as a young person probably did affect me because even before I knew Jesus as my Saviour and Lord, even then I had been someone who was open to change and to doing unusual things and to camping out and, and not being conforming to the norm. And so when it was expected to be as a missionary to go to other places and sleep rough or sleep in bed with grandma or whatever it was that came about, I found that I could accept that and it didn't, it didn't trouble me. I didn't find it, I didn't mind that it happened. But I was by then in my 50s and so it was, it, well it, it, actually I probably was retired by then, probably in my 60s, but I didn't see it a difficulty that I was getting older. I didn't see that. And I was pleased as a, a person who knew Jesus to begin to learn 
to do what God had called me to do. And the calling was so clear in my life that he was saying to me that I should share the gospel across the world. I should speak to the nations. It was Jeremiah 1 where God called me to speak to the nations. And, it, and as God called him to do that, he called me too. And so I went around the world. I've been particularly to, I started with, with um, Burkina Faso. It was the first place I went. I went there two years running for a month at a time. And we did children's evangelism. I then did evangelism with women and, and began to learn to stand up and hold my head up and to preach confidently uh, through an interpreter in other nations. I went to the Philippines and there we met someone called uh, Lolita, Pastor Lolita, a wonderful woman of God who was doing evangelism all over Mindanao particularly, but all over the Philippines. And she has grown in, in what she's done over the years. And I kept contact with her. Every year she would invite me and I would go out there and do conferences, um, conferences for pastors, conferences for women, conferences in the villages, preach the gospel in the villages, often in the tremendous heat because the Philippines, or certainly Mindanao, where I went, is very, very hot. And so I began to go to India quite early on. I was invited to go to India and I went there and I've been to India probably about 20 times now and uh, different parts but mainly in the south. I've always thought I would go to the north. And I, there was a rustling, a, a movement in India and I could see, saw the picture of the grass that was being cut down and I saw that as the um, bringing people into the kingdom and it was my job as the job of many others to share our faith and to teach and to preach so that they would know about Jesus Christ. What I generally do when I go to India, or any country really, is we do conferences for people who, who um, actually want to know about God, but often they'll come just because it's somebody who's white there, a white woman, it's always interesting, <laughs> and so they, they come to have a look at me. And um, as I said, my team as well, of course I often take a team. And uh, as well as that, they hear the gospel, and we see, I've seen so many people come to Jesus Christ at the, at the end of a meeting. I've seen them in the Philippines where they are weeping on the ground. I've seen it when my interpreter fell to the ground weeping, and I had no interpreter for a while because God was moving. I've seen so many wonderful things in Africa, India, and the Philippines. Um, I went to the South Pacific, we went to the islands, Vanuatu, and the Solomon Islands. And there we had a massive stadium, and that was with the woman evangelist from America, and it was a massive stadium, and we saw hundreds come forward. It was a remarkable, remarkable thing. I've also been to America where um, my English voice pleases them, and um, praise God I'm able to preach and teach there. I, say to, I used to say to myself, how is it I can do this? when I don't feel as if I know very much and I'm not highly trained like many ministers are. But what I saw was that maybe I didn't know as much as many people, but actually I knew a lot more because of the experiences of life and the teaching which was built into all the services that I'd been to over the years. Because of that, I knew much more than the people I was teaching. And so God could use me in other countries, although now I preach in in Wales, in England, I preach because God has developed me and taken me on. But what I think is I'm 81 
and I'm not stopping yet. God will show me when I have to stop, but I don't believe that you have to stop just because you're a bit older. Uh, the energy that I need, God gives me. I may be exhausted the next day, but actually he gives me the energy that I need. And so I praise God for calling me, but first of all for showing me himself so that he became real to me. Then showing me my ministry, which is to make him real to other people. For giving me good people around me. Like my minister, who was in, my original minister, was actually the chief missionary for Assemblies of God. And so many people have been around me and encouraged me and brought me on. And then I thank God for the wonderful opportunities to travel and to see other people and to understand other cultures. And I've never had any great desire to travel, but the minute I get to the airport, I find myself smiling because it's so much what God's called me to do that I just feel happy as I get to the airport and I get on the plane. It's just a joy because I'm in the calling of God. I'm doing what he's asked me to do. And I will continue to do that until God shows me that I'm not to. But I firmly believe that we can carry on to the day we die and when we die, we'll go to him in glory. He loves us, cares for us, and makes himself known to us. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you can ask him into your life. You can tell him you're sorry you've done wrong, as I had to do, we've all done wrong. You can tell him that all are sin, and that you know you're a sinner, but that you want to be forgiven. And so you say to him, forgive me, Jesus. And the wonderful thing is that the love of God put Jesus on the cross. And Jesus on the cross took yours and my sin so that we could have eternal salvation. We could be set free from the things we've done wrong. Our sin is taken away as far as the east is from the west. And having travelled from east to west to east and back again, it certainly is a long distance. And we will not see those sins again because God has forgiven us. And so we can move on and share that with other people. What a wonderful message we have. What a wonderful Jesus we have. Be blessed in him. Go on with him. And don't tell yourself that you're too old. For we're never too old in Christ Jesus.